Opinionated Marketers, a podcast from Cambridge Marketing College. Hello and welcome to Opinionated Marketers with me, Kieran Kapoor, and Charles Nixon, founder of the Cambridge Marketing College. Charles, um, we, I went off on a rant last week about innovative products, but we were actually working our way through the um, pestle uh, model. So um, we've done um, politics and we've previously done economics, so we thought we would tackle social this week. Yes, indeed. There are many, many issues here that uh, marketers need to consider, dependent obviously on the sectors that they are in. But uh, generally speaking, the social climate is quite dynamic and we need to think very clearly as to um, uh, what elements we want to get involved in. Um, there are obviously comments and, and uh, statements that can be made about diversity or inclusion um, and there are elements about age profiling and uh, the ethics um, of the way in which the marketplace works. So we need to think quite clearly as to which are the most important for us and how these perhaps impact on consumer psychology and the way in which people now approach buying. Um, I suppose the most important one to consider is the overall age profile um, of um, the UK and indeed of most Western um, or advanced nations, but also including some uh, nations um, in the third world. Um, so generally speaking, uh, we are an aging planet um, as a uh, proportion of the, the planet uh, a considerable number of people are now over 45 and the average age of the planet is creeping up. Um, this has implications for marketers on the basis that um, historically speaking let us say from the times of uh, most mass marketing from the 60s onwards uh, it has been a youth culture, a teenage culture and a 20s culture that we appealed to and the natural assumption has always been that that culture is the one we should continue to appeal to um, as it is the growth market. That isn't the case necessarily these days um, and uh, we need to look clearly at the age profiles um, of our marketplace. Um, the 2021 census has just started to be released by the Office of National Statistics and there's a very good section on their website which allows you to see various uh, sections of the UK as well as the UK in total in the age profiles um, that um, now hold. Um, indeed, I think probably the thing that I would say is um, what we used to find was that the age profile was more or less a pyramid with a larger number of people at the younger stage at the bottom and a smaller number of people at the older stage at the top now it is very much what's often referred to as a kite um, or indeed you can see it as, as a cliff with a smaller number of people um, at the lower end uh, and a fairly reasonable bulge of people around the sort of 55 to 65 and then it tapers off really around the 75 um, uh, age point. Um, a very nice interactive graphic can be found for each county where you can see the county against uh, the, the national average. But it's, it's, I mean, you're right, obviously the census, the UK census has just been released, but actually it's, it is a phenomenon in many other countries. Um, Italy very recently has been um, very openly talking about the fact that they have an ageing population, openly talking about the problems that the ageing population brings. Um, 
Japan has whole areas where there are just no young generation at all. Um, it, it is becoming an, um, quite a different world. Demand for, there's two things that opens up. There is a change in social attitudes, perhaps, and there is also a demand for different types of products and services and requirements. Um, and there is also, one has to consider, and it's partly an economic point, where the, where the wealth sits in a, a marketplace. And the wealth tends to sit at the older end. It certainly does, um, because um, we've gone through a period of the three-stage life, as it was used to be talked, where you basically were educated, you worked and you retired. And during that working period, we accumulated considerable amounts of wealth because the requirement was for uh, getting on for 30 plus years worth of retirement. Um, and therefore, many people now sit on fairly large pe pension pots. This is not going to be the case going forward. Um, and indeed, people are going to have to work longer and there'll probably be at least a four and possibly even five stage life as people go through st various stages of the work profile. There is a significant discussion at the moment about whether or not retirement is something that is likely to happen in the future or indeed is desirable to, to happen in the future because many people like the idea of working into older age. And so um, we find there are significant business opportunities now um, in the um, uh, age groups that are coming to um, their 70s. Um, and indeed still have significant amounts of money and of course they now have the time. Um, Frost and Sullivan has a particularly uh, useful re piece of research um, which is looking at all the marketplaces for um, uh, the sort of 75 plus market, um, one of which is uh, significant growth in the automated car market. Um, and obviously there is a significant amount of tourism um, being done for what's known as the silver tourist market or the medical tourist market, the multi-generation tourist market, the wellness tourist market and the anti-aging tourism, to name but a few. Yes, it, it does, from a marketing perspective, it opens up a whole wealth of marketplaces. The interesting part is one of the problems marketers have traditionally had is that it tends to be quite a youth-driven uh, profession. So there was always a view that um, anybody over the age of 30 was over the hill. So we tested products on people that were younger. That is clear. And it, products, slogans, pricing, everything. Um, that is definitely going. Um, I'd be intrigued to know, and I've not, I've not managed to find the age profile of the marketing profession um, and how that now looks, because I suspect it has changed. That's a very Certainly interesting over the period one. of time we've been teaching, I think mm. you would say that there are different ages of people in, in, that we now teach. Yes, though it's an interesting question when you ask it, because I can think back and I can think of some quite interesting people who were certainly in their 40s who went through the college in the early days. It then became very much more a young female market. Um, and uh, there are now groups of people who are going back into um, education because they want to change careers. So people who are coming out of other disciplines and decide that marketing is what they wish to do. It is also an interesting aspect that um, certainly from one of the research papers that I saw um, that the majority of startups in the UK are started by people over 50. 
Um, yeah. That in itself means that you're finding a lot more people who are doing marketing because an entrepreneur and startup has got to market its organization um, is now looking at um, a profile of 50 plus as the, the owners and the entrepreneurs and they themselves will therefore necessarily be thinking about marketing from their perspective. Um, so I think, yes, you're right. Um, marketing as a, an industry would be an interesting one to, to see where the profile is. Certainly there's a considerable weighting towards the younger marketplace in terms of education, but it is slowly shifting. I don't think it would necessarily shift significantly um, uh, over 50% because um, we are inherently a, a, a discipline which is about newness and innovation. And that tends to be something that young or younger people are more open to. I'm not saying older people aren't open to it, but are more open to it. Because they're careful, Judge. <laughs> but that if you have got a rise of people starting new businesses in their 50s, they have clearly seen a marketplace, they're clearly looking for something. And it's very easy to dismiss those as, oh, they're just lifestyle businesses. It's people that's, and traditionally, I think it was, people who'd been made redundant and set up their own businesses. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think there is a, a much more of an entrepreneurial movement. Oh, I agree entirely. The, the mentoring that I do uh, at the university, a good proportion of the people there are certainly over 45. Um, and the general aspect is that, yes, they are looking at opportunities that they have seen, and it's not just a lifestyle business, though there is uh, you know, that, that marketplace, as you, you quite rightly say. Um, uh, the other aspect, I think, is that um, people of, of, of our, or certainly my generation, have grown up with a significant amount of change, and the result of which is that we are um, more comfortable than change than our, our parents and our grandparents used to be. Um, where stability was the norm um, and it is uh, not unusual now to, to see people you know, queuing for the latest uh, round of COVID va uh, vaccinations with smartphones in their hand uh, and perfectly au fait in using them um, and mm. so I think the, um, the nature of society and its approaches has also changed as well as the, the, the age profile has changed so I, I think the aspect of customer psychology is something that um, is also worth you know, thinking about because we've got uh, changes in the way in which people are now you know, looking at um, what they expect um, from business as a result of their own experience. And that experience, of course, has also been you know, uh, fitted by experience of the COVID uh, period. So you know, we, we now have people who are looking for know more space and safe space in the way in which they work and operate and that has an implication for their interactions um, we have people who want to work at home and stay at home we've also got you know the element of um, uh, health and fitness growing much more um, importantly in the uh, psychology of the consumer marketplace and so there are lots of uh, opportunities to be seen um, by just surveying things such as social trends um, as well as obviously the regional trends if you've got a regional business. Um, so I, I think that there's quite a considerable amount of social change which is positive for marketers. And I think before we finish it's worth doing a, um, 
it's pointing out that this also affects B2B. I think there's a, there tends to be a huge assumption that anything to do with social is what, what you do in B2C, and it doesn't matter to those of us that work in sort of very formalised B2B marketplaces. It does. People buy from people. You're still selling to people. Um, so the social changes, the social trends still matter. I think that's very true. I think the other aspect, which is quite interesting from a marketer's perspective, is that a lot of people in the B2B world work from home um, for a portion of their time, the result of which is they are exposed to consumer media throughout the day, which they wouldn't have been at the office. Um, the result of which is that social media and other media um, uh, can carry business messages and get to business people whilst they're working from home. Um, so there is, I think, a blurring of the, the lines between business and consumer media. That's a very interesting point. Charles, lovely as ever to speak to you. Pleasure. Nice to talk to you again, Karen. Like and subscribe to this feed for more podcast content from Cambridge Marketing College.